Hi everyone, welcome to the Post-Hardcore and More podcast. My name is Jake and I put the tooth in tooth and nail records. I am here with my two podcast co-hosts. Did you really just say that? I, I did, yeah. <laughs> I thought I it was a joke. No, nope, he's not, it. I, I don't, this is serious, I don't joke about things like this. Uh, anyways, I'm, I'm Casey, <laughs> I conquered a lake on the weekend, I made Caucasians afraid of me. That's not true. <laughs> I'm Cody, also known as Swaldies, and I'm going to tell you all something that these other two won't ever tell you, ever. But we are the biggest Slipknot fans around. <laughs> no one has more Slipknot swag than we do. We've got the lunch boxes. We've got the toothbrushes. We've got the blankets. We've got the body pillows. We have the masks. We've seen Slipknot 30 times in our entire life. They were afraid to admit it. So I'm I, here today to let you all know. Can I tell actually, you something? Yes. I, I have you never actually listened. Have a Slipknot body pillow? I mean, maybe. Dude, who's it of? There's like that boy band has like nine members. You gotta tell me. <laughs> it's, it's it's Corey Taylor, of course. Ooh, Iowa era or is the body pillow just like his neck? Yes. <laughs> it's like it's half his neck. neck and the rest of his face. <laughs> yes. Mask half when, on, of course. And then when you hug it, it sings the uh the looking glass song looking at you through the glass. Whatever. I don't like, fuck. I'm a fake fan. I I have not listened to Slipknot ever. I don't know. I know there is a song called Psychosocial. I do not know what it sounds like. Psychosocial. Uh, sure, they're that might be a lyric. Def- <laughs> they're definitely a band. I agree. They're That's, okay. It's a controversial statement, honestly. They're, we're not really talking about Slipknot, but I feel like they got a lot too much hate. They're not. Re- they're mediocre. They're not worth hating, but they're also not worth losing your mind over the first two albums the first two albums are good gym music i will say that for anybody that works out yeah i was still good as fuck like yeah that's their best album yeah i agree but like we're also not here to talk about slipknot what are we here to talk about jake you you like that transition i I came up with that off the cuff it's good off the dome uh yeah we're actually talking about corn's freak on the leash (laughs) all right um, i thought corn and Slipknot were the same band for a long time. Really? Yeah. You could have put in Kid Rock in there to really get the trifecta. No, I kn- I knew Kid Rock. I understood him on a Ew. intellectual Sorry. level. Does corn still exist? Uh, yeah, I eat it every day. You eat corn every day? Yeah. Alright. <laughs> Dude, corn's good. Corn's, corn's uh, autobiography... On, or their bio on Spotify says, this is the first sentence, Korn changed the world with the release of their self-titled debut album. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> agree with that. I gotta agree. Because, was Freak on a Leash on their self-title? No, it was Then not. never mind, doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not at all. Doesn't even, who gives a that? fuck about anything but Freak on a Leash and their, <laughs> their cover of Word Up. Here we go on. Their cover of Word Up, probably the best cover of Word Up out there. Probably the only cover of Word Up. <laughs> Speaking of corn and movements, bowel movements, uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about the new Movements album, uh, No Good Left to Give. Very, 
shut the fuck up. Very emo title by band movements. I don't know anything about them. I could have researched better, to be quite honest, as the host of the podcast. I know their singer's name is Patrick Miranda. Uh, Interesting. He had the Miranda rights named after him. And uh, this album is... Uh, <laughs> it's alright, <laughs> I guess. Uh, to me, it's like, alright. Uh, to you two, it seems to be a different story. Yeah, a little bit of a different Casey, story. just go ahead and go in. Let's get over with so all the movement fans know to click all off. Right. All right. Did the same shit with Don Broco. Yep. <laughs> Opening. All right. I actually wrote down an entire paragraph. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Opening thoughts. I don't think Opening I'm the only Opening thoughts. This. <laughs> this album seems more lyric heavy than anything, and yeah. I am not someone who cares about lyrics, unless it's a band I like really care about. I can't stand Sad Boy Hours music. Don't say that in the... Oops. Uh, but this album isn't my thing <laughs> at all. Like, okay, some pros, and this is a really... The first one's a huge pro. This production on this album is immaculate. This is the best produced album we've reviewed. Yeah, like, pretty clean. Hands down. I will not be taking any arguments because you are wrong. <laughs> but, like, songwriting-wise, I'm not that interested. There are no riffs I really remember... Some of the, mel- the vocals, melodies at the Pat... His name's Patrick, right? Yeah, Patrick Miranda writes. So, yeah, the vocal melodies that Miranda writes uses is actually... Some of them are pretty good, but a lot of them just feel kind of... Like I've heard it before from songs that I would probably like a little bit more. And... This is just something for me. I kind of resonate with some of these lyric- lyrical themes, you know, like the kind of self-loathing and the way you think you're not good enough for certain things, I kind of resonate with that. But the way they're, you know, uh, trying to deliver the message is not something I really vibe with too much. For it's me? not that interesting. And I, I can't see myself ever revisiting this. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> for me, the lyric, the lyrics you mentioned... We'll get to you, Cody. Calm down. The lyrics you mentioned... Goodbye, turn. <laughs> they're... They're, yeah, I couldn't probably identify them with them, but they're, like, they don't go deep enough for me. Like, they kind of scratch the surface of these emotions, and it feels a little faux pas, kind of, like, like, corny in a bad way, like... I would say that's only on, like, some songs. I don't know, I think, There's a couple songs where I think they, they, like, accomplish it. Very well. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get the tunnel vision. We all like tunnel vision. <laughs> um, <laughs> but a lot of the songs, especially those last two songs, uh, No Good Left to Give, Love Took It All Away, I I don't think they really got to where they were going for, for me. Like, the lyric, I'm a lyrics guy. I read the lyrics all the time. I won't connect with music unless I read the lyrics and... Even after reading the lyrics, I was unable to connect with these, a lot of these songs, which is unfortunate. There is one more thing I will give this album as a positive. I do like that this seems very post-punk influenced, with bass being more of a leading instrument than the guitars. I appreciate that, but I just don't think it, I think it could have been executed better. 
Yeah. All right, there we go. That's that. Those are my thoughts. Okay, Cody, your turn. This shit is whack. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I have more to say. Actually, now the movement fans are definitely gone. No, no, it's not whack. It's not whack. Uh, I feel like I could easily sum this up by saying that this album is 10 years too late for me. <laughs> like, this is some shit I would have probably enjoyed more as a teenager. Because um, for me, like, this is something I consider like an emotional album, which means that I need to be in a certain mood to enjoy this type yeah. of music. Like going into this, like not feeling kind of gloomy and doomy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I just, I cannot enjoy it. It's, it's not, it's not right for me. Now, if I was, that's why I made the joke about like, you know, I said earlier that you know, I need to find a girlfriend to break up with me so I can enjoy this album more. <laughs> I just, I can't resonate with it emotionally. So I just, it completely loses my interest because of that. Yeah. Um, but this is also an album that I feel like has been done before, but has been done better. Yeah. Um, some examples being, I don't know if y'all ever listened to Bitten Falls. They're not around anymore, but they're a uh, emo rock band that, that takes this concept and does it really well. Um, so I just I feel like I've heard this kind of stuff before, but this kind of take on it is just none of it. None of it captivated me. You know, I already have issues with short-term memory, and none of this stuff stuck with me at all. I think that's the best way you and I can describe this album. It just didn't captivate us, right? Yeah. Um, no, there's, there's, I don't know. Like when I when I think of albums that I'd listen to in a certain emotional state, you know, I'm gonna go to like the first couple of Coheed albums because those kind of hit differently yeah. with, with you know, the mood. Um, there's a band called Stellar Circuits that are actually kind of more like a upbeat version of this band that, that capture that atmosphere pretty well. And uh, even whatever I say is Royal Ocean. Like, if I'm if I'm feeling kind of dark or sad, I'll listen to that album. And is it's this just, foreshadowing? It, 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 no. <laughs> no. But that album for me, like, I don't know, there's just something to it. That's why I consider, like, that album to be an emotional album. That's why I say this one's an emotional album. You know, it's, it's one of those albums that, I'm not gonna really listen to unless I'm in a certain certain space. Yeah. So, I just, just I don't know. the lyrics are so on the nose. It's like I I really do prefer lyrics that kind of use metaphors and things like that. Something you have to like dig deeper to understand what they're saying. And I know everybody's not like that. I'm probably in the minority for preferring things like that. So, and this doesn't seem like a band that's really going for the minority, to be quite honest. But, um... Yeah, it kind of depends on the, the genre of music for me. Like, for, for stuff like this, I would rather things not be so just straightforward and obvious. Yeah. If I'm going to listen to, like, pop music, which I don't really do too often, but, like, if I'm going to listen to, like, something like Lady Gaga, yeah, like, straightforward music, or straightforward lyrics at that point are, are, are good, are nice. It's, it's fitting with the music style. But yeah. something like this, or something that's kind of in this realm, I I would prefer something be a little bit more uh, artistic. Or artistic, yeah, even that. Well, like just saying I'm sad and lonely and things like that. I can't summon an actual lyric to my brain, but just it. Like there are definitely moments where they have great lines and great moments of poetry, but there's also just like 
I'm sad. Then <laughs> that's the yeah. chorus. Then there's like, baby, 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 I'm sad, but baby. It's like, right, could yeah. you could you do a little bit more for me, please? Um, yeah. But obviously, that's a that's a touchy thing, kind of like you know, we're not the artist, so how can we decide what's better? We can just say what we enjoy, and I don't enjoy these type of lyrics. Right. That's why I could I can't say this album's bad just because like it's if if I could listen to it in a certain headspace, I feel like I'd change my mind on it, but I'm just I'm not there, so I can't say it's bad. I can't really say it's good either. You know, like the only way I feel like I can judge it is by, you know, the instrumentals and you know, the song structure and just, you know, the more technical aspects of the music. Like versus the lyrics and stuff. I'll keep saying it. This is not a bad album. This album just isn't something for me. Right. Yeah. Like this album is I'm gonna. This album's masterfully produced. There, it's it's immaculate. It's wonderful. It's chef kiss. It's really <laughs> fucking good, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I just don't care about the songwriting for the most part. And this album has been making waves, so like yeah, like it's, it's obviously hitting for some people, and that's great. Yeah. Like it's just that I, we're not really the audience for it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, there's I, nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Like I said, I think like it's it's ten years too late for me with this album. Like if it if it had came out when I was like eighteen, seventeen, eighteen, I probably would have actually really really enjoyed it. But I'm just that's not where I'm at musically anymore. Yeah, it's haven't been for a while. Yeah, it, I was just honestly I picked this album because I really enjoy sad boy emo shit, and oh, yeah, this wasn't this didn't meet my expectations for all the hype it's getting. I think it's good to talk about stuff like this too, because like the last couple things we've done, like we've all like really enjoyed everything yeah. that we've talked about. So we haven't really had a thing yet, at least since I've been here. That's oh, been kind of believe like me, negative. next episode it's going to be pretty negative. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> We're going to talk about Dance Gavin Dance next episode. Uh, so I don't we like should get in. <laughs> we should get into the singles or you know particular songs we each formulated a top three list uh with some overlap actually a lot of overlap between us this go around uh casey actually chose in my blood the opener as one of his favorites so go ahead and talk about what you liked about the song casey i feel like out of all the songs like instrumentally this one was the one of the better ones like the more well-crafted ones because it has this very somber feel yeah and it has like kind of interesting textures guitar wise and like it manages to keep that kind of somber feeling this entire time and it's captured extremely well with like the kind of melancholic vocals and like the uh the instrumentals adding to the atmosphere yeah i th think like Production-wise, you know, everything's clear, crisp. That bass is really fucking good. And I like having... I like the fact that they had... I'm not sure if it was a conscious decision, but, like, it seems like the vocals are lower into in the mix to kind of have it be, you know, quieter, kind of have it be more of a whispered type thing. Not really whispered, but, you know, like, yeah. it's in the back of your head type thing. And I feel like that adds a lot to the song. Like, I think it's a simple, you know, basic song, but I think it does atmosphere very well. It, and that's my biggest reasoning. Like, 
out of all the songs, I think this is the song that does the best with atmosphere and like mixing. And it, I think it's well done. I think it adds. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting choice for the opener of the album. Uh, where yeah, most it's a, a very soft song. Yeah. You wouldn't expect it to be like an opening. Yeah, I kind of like that about it, though. It really tells you what you're going to get into and the fact that I don't didn't think this album was going to be for me. Um, <laughs> well, I feel like it's kind of false advertising because a lot of the album is not that similar to this song. Yeah, a lot of the album has uh, melancholy, apathetic-sounding vocals, but uh, I'd say a lot of the songs are more poppy, if anything, compared to this. Like, any number of them probably would have made, like, would have been a typical opener compared to this song. If you guys know what I mean. Yeah, looking at it, I can't really think of what would be a, a good opener, honestly. Like, may, maybe Tunnel Vision? If anything, like, I'd say Tunnel that Vision. That uh, Tunnel Vision and Don't Give Up Your Ghost were singles. Okay. Funnily enough, Don't Give Up Your Ghost was actually written about Poltergeist. Please <laughs> really? Songs. Yeah. Okay. String Fortune Teller, String Die on Mars. Um, if that's all we gotta say about... Uh, that's that's pretty blog. much my piece on it, yeah. Uh, did you have anything to say, Cody? No, I mean, I'm going to end up sounding like a parrot on some of these songs that we talk about, so... We've (laughs) been over that with Animal Jam, Cody. We get it. You don't like the vocalist. We're really going to just, like, parrot off each other if we have, like, a few more similar songs we chose. And, like, Tunnel Vision, I'm pretty sure whoever goes first is going to say, like... We all chose Tunnel Vision. (laughs) Oh, should we we all go at once and see how similar... When When we get to it, uh... I actually chose the next one, uh, Skin to Skin, which is not a typical choice for me. I don't really like songs about sex. I think it's kind of boring. I think it's about sex. But uh, the song kind of reminded me of I the Mighty with the writing. And I like I the Mighty, so I like this song. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I can see that, honestly. I'm thinking about the song now. The chorus is pretty strong, in my opinion. Um, so, I don't really have that much to say about it. I just, it sounded like I the Mighty. I like I, I the Mighty. That's all there is to it. I feel like choruses are their, their strong suit. Yeah. Like, every time I've listened to one of their songs, I was like, damn, that was a good chorus. You know, I, I like that part. And it, it kept coming back to just, Chorus is nice. The chorus is nice. The chorus is the only part I really like about this song. The chorus sounds good here. Oh, that sounds really nice. I, I don't know. I just I feel like the that's verse not a good sure. quality. <laughs> no, that's why I think it kind of lost my attention throughout a lot of these songs because I was like, I would just lose myself. You know, I, I wouldn't listen to the verse at all. I would just wait for the chorus to hit. For which me, is, yeah, like that never a good thing. Even a lot of the choruses were a little clunky, like. They could have been smoother, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. There's a couple of songs. I don't even remember which ones they were at this point now, but I was like, eh, chorus. Kind of, it was probably the ones where I just completely blanked out and didn't even remember them. I like, I like a complex chorus, but sometimes they'll make it a complex chorus, and there's no reason to be complex on, on this album. There's like nothing complex going on, and then the chorus is like, seven different lines and it's like i don't think you've earned this this long complex chorus 
and it doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't work for me. I hate, I hate to be so negative, but that's just how uh, it's, I feel. It's hard, man, especially like an album like this, or like I said, you know, if it, at a different time I would have enjoyed it more, but now it's just one of those things where I just, I'll, I'll never listen to it again. I'll never give it another thought. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to talk positively, I guess, something about that. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk positively about the next song on the list for me, uh, and uh, canonically in the album, Don't Give Up Your Ghost, which was one of their singles. I really enjoy the song, actually. It's like a shining star for me. It does have a long, complex chorus, but I think this one actually deserves it. Um, it It's like cheesy, but it also hits like the right spot between cheesy and anthemic. It kind of reminds me of You're Not Alone by Sayasin, where it's like, yeah, this is lame, but it's also pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I really like the the lines, can't you see the green underneath the snow? If you leave, you'll never know. Like, I, those are pretty good lyrics. Pretty good lyrics all around on this song, in my opinion. I can see why they picked it as their lead single. And they have a pretty cool music video for it, where it's, like, animated. Uh, thoughts on this song, either of you? This is the song with I the like the bass a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will say that out of all the instrumentalists, the bassist deserves a ton of credit in this because he's very he or she or whoever they are is very good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I noted that a few times about the bass guitar. I think about it. There's a couple songs, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anything about "Don't Give Up Your Ghost," Cody? Uh, I mean, no. Okay. <laughs> Not really. <Okay>. Fair. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking, I was like, did I have anything? If if I had to recommend any song to anyone listening, it'd be Don't Give Up Your Ghost. Um, and then listen to the rest on your own caution. Uh, oh, but I have a different recommendation. Okay. Tunnel Vision. Tunnel Vision. The next song we're talking about. Right? Go ahead, go ahead, Lamb. We should just all about... go at the same time and see if we say the same thing. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. No, let's fucking do it. I don't... Uh, <laughs> one, two, three. Uh, uh, apathetic really vocal like delivery, explosive chorus. Yeah. Did we all say the chorus. Yeah. The chorus yeah. is really good. Like the chorus is. Really it's good. actually super good. The chorus is, uh, yeah, goaded. And and the kind of introspective lyrics that use allusions to war is actually in my opinion more it's more well done allusions than like a to lot war. of yeah tunnel vision stuck in the trenches et cetera, oh et cetera. yeah i got you. into the trenches desperate to end this and i feel like it's not really talking about an actual war it's more like talking about like is that a fucking blunder it's talking about like <laughs> what the, is that <laughs> I think it's a blunder. Okay. I'll see if I can't talk over it. Okay. But, like, I feel like it's talking about, like, I don't know, self, uh, you know, kind of like the cycle of self-loathing and not being able to get out from the trenches, so to speak, of that type of thing. You know you know, the instrumentals on this album are fucked when Casey is talking about the lyrics. That's This is not an instrumental <laughs> album, is the thing. This is an album about <laughs> lyrics, and, like... 
that's fine. It's just that I'm not very good at talking about lyrics most of the time. <laughs> I think this is the only song where I was like, the instrumentals actually sound really nice here. Yeah, like this is the this is probably the best song off the album in my yeah. opinion. Uh, I think I like "Give Up Your Ghost" more, but I do enjoy this song a lot. Um, like, I like actually, the screams. Yeah, yeah, no, his yells are actually pretty good. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like if this band was just a tiny bit more aggressive, I would actually really like this. But most of the times, it feels like that aggression is kind of like fake. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, I agree completely. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. Like, it's scream and growls and stuff aren't always a necessity with music. I mean, obviously I like stuff that doesn't have that, but he did it well in the song. I would like I would have liked to have had more of that throughout this album. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it feels like a lot of the aggression in this album feels kind of like forced, but on this song it feels very natural. And I think yeah. if they had just like I don't know, like I think if they had like worked a little bit more on a few songs being a, just a tiny bit more aggressive, maybe changing up the guitar tone because I really hate the guitar tone on this album. But uh, like very sleepy. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of what they're going for, but I wish they didn't go for that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Just more aggression in this album. I feel like I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But uh, you know, we're talking about tracks, not the whole album. I already said my piece on that. <laughs> I agree. That's really my whole thing on Tunnel Vision, though. <clears throat> uh, it's the best song off the album, Rally. There. I don't think there's anything I can say that you haven't said except. Uh, I don't know, I don't like, I get the apathetic vocals, I understand what they're going for, it's just kind of boring after a while, like. Yeah, I, I hate I hate putting it this way, because it, it sounds like I'm just talking shit, but this is a concept, and this is an album I've heard before, done by different artists, better. Yeah. I, I I hate saying that, but it's it's the only way I can say it. You know, I've 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 heard stuff like this before, but I've heard it done really really well. Yeah, like, again, it takes me back to Benton Falls. Like, if you want like more stuff like this, but it's also more aggressive, that's also like actually feels sad as shit. Listen to them. You know, that's because yeah. they're they're a good mix of all of this. That's a they only have two albums, but that's the thing. It it kind of feel you were saying like fake aggression. This kind of feels fake sad. And I hate to say that, because I do not know the man. I don't know right, Patrick yeah. Miranda. I don't know what he's been through. This could be him being genuine as fuck, and it's just maybe not coming across for me. But this doesn't feel... I've heard sad fucking music, and this doesn't come off the same way. I, I agree with that. <laughs> I think it's just maybe the way that they try to translate their thoughts and feelings in the music didn't you know, resonate with us. Yeah, that could just be what it is. That's yeah. probably the biggest thing, because, yeah. like, this album is, for all intents and purposes, it's well-made, you know? Yeah. Like, I've already spoken my praises about the production, and, like, the songwriting is basic, but it gets the message across. Yeah. It's just not something for us, you know? Yeah. 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 Sorry, Movements fans. Uh, Casey, uh, you have, your last uh, single that you really liked was 12 Weeks. What? Yeah, you said. I think that was me. What? Yeah, I had Moonlight Lines, dude. Yeah, I uh, I had. Tunnel oh shit! Moonlight yeah, in you're right. Weeks. Sorry, I mixed up. Uh, Cody, go ahead and talk about Twelve Weeks. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> what did I write about that? Okay. Um, 
The, the bass guitar is really nice on this track. I feel like I heard the, like I heard the bass throughout the entire album, but this track was the one where I felt like I heard it the most. So whoever, whoever the bass guitar player is, it's really good. Uh, looking at the um, lyrics, I kind of like this one too. I, I like the "Am I the, the bad guy?" on the chorus, like those second line of vocals. Yeah. I really like the parts where he goes, ooh. Okay. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, I think that's all I wrote, actually. The bass is nice on the Did track. Did you write that I down? Wrote, ooh. Oh, my fucking God. I literally wrote those two things. We are professionals. Yes. Well, again, it's, it's kind of like the same thing. Like I said earlier, I'm going to just be a parrot, but it's like the chorus is the strongest part in every single song. Like I actually really like the chorus in this on this track. Yeah, me too. But yeah, that's uh, it. That's all I got. <laughs> well, then you can also talk about Moonlight Lines, which both you and Casey chose. You have more written for that. Okay. Go on. <laughs> uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah, hey, yeah, you can go first. Okay, my bad. My bad. Um. I like that the shouted vocals that are like halfway through the song that lead back into the chorus. Yeah. It's again, it's another moment where I'm like, yeah, there's that like aggression because, you know, there's, I don't know what this album's about. If it's about like, you know, losing a loved one, if it's about breaking up with someone or having someone breaking up with you or just overwhelming sadness, there's always anger and frustration that yeah. accompany those emotions. And if you really want to convey your feelings, like you have to convey everything you're feeling. And I feel like we just got like a small peek yeah. into like the aggression side, the frustrated side. Cause like I've definitely been pissed off and upset and sad at the same time. If and we get a little bit of that during this song, but if they're trying to convey anything, it would most likely be numbness. Yeah. I can I agree would, with that. Is what I got from is a numb, especially his apathetic vocals. It's, like not feel no good left to give is a kind of solid indicator of the headspace that they're trying to um give off um but i do think it's about like breaking up with someone mostly i don't know i would have liked to have heard more songs like this on the album for sure yeah i also really like that shouted word vocal spoken word Lot of spute rapping almost type vocal. That was the moment in this album where I was like, finally something that sounds different from everything else. Yeah. Which is which is kind of sad because that's track number ten of yeah. a twelve track album. <laughs> it's like a little too little, a little too late. Yeah. Uh Casey, go ahead. I mean most of what I wanted to say was already said. Like there is one thing about this track, I, like, the drum beat had me hyped up, I was like, oh, maybe we're gonna get some fast, and then it's just like, diet po- it's like diet post-punk came in, and I'm like, that's alright, you know, but like... Sorry, I may be choked, I never heard that before. <laughs> Thank you, I'm, I like here all, I'm here all week. I'm still like, like <laughs> I don't know, the drum beat and the bass line are good, but the guitars on this track didn't really interest me at all. Like... This does. This entire album does give me a very post-punky feel, but like I feel like other post-punk bands, because you know they're actually in the genre, do it a lot better than this band, which is just like taking some influence from that. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure this song's about a one-night stand. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Ha. Straight. How many albums does? 
have only two, I guess. What? How many? Okay, I was looking at how many albums this band had. Oh, I have no idea. They've had, they've got two. I was trying to see how long they've been around. Oh, okay. Yeah, honestly, I heard a little bit of the first album, like Full Circle, and I liked it way more than anything else they've done on this album. I'm gonna be really? real. I, interesting. Yeah, it was, it was more aggressive. I might check that album out actually, just to see. Yeah, the genius thing for Tunnel Vision does say, like, uh, this is a crowd pleaser. It is very much like its roots and still very much vintage movements. How do they only have two albums and be vintage? Are you sure they only have two albums? Hey, that's all I can find on Spotify. Yeah, there's Feel Something from 2017 and then the latest one. The earliest thing they have is, like, uh, a demo from 2015. Okay, vintage five years ago, sure. Um, <laughs> well, I think we've said mostly everything we want to say about the album. Uh, closing thoughts? Fuck, I forgot to write closing thoughts. I knew it, I was forgetting it, something about it's everything. Fine. It's fine. I'll, I'll uh, come up with the closing thoughts. This album's okay. It's something I would never revisit, but... I can see it being very influential for people who are who are looking for something like this, you know? Yeah. Like, if they're in the headspace to be affected by this, like, heavily, then this will be a huge influence on them, and I can see that. But for me, moi, El, El Mio, absolutely not. This could be good intro music to something cooler. Yeah, this is... I feel like that's... And that's okay. Like, I feel like this band is kind of a band that's more it, they're less niche you know they're more yeah. all encompassing they're more like on the pop side of things almost and i don't mean that in a derogatory way because some pop music fucks let's be real yeah. but like i feel like this band is reaching out to a larger audience and there's nothing wrong with that I it's could, just once again not for us i could imagine hearing them on the radio yeah, I can imagine them getting onto like huge Spotify things. I can yeah. see them easily headlining like big shows, but I can't see myself going to those big shows. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I would say like it's a if if someone was putting together like a big playlist of of sad music, then I would definitely suggest like a couple of songs from them. Yeah. You know? Maybe not like a bunch, but at least a couple. You know, and slap them in there. Like specifically, you know, Moonlight Lines or maybe one of the sadder songs. Like I think I had a runner runner up and it was like Garden Eyes. Yeah, that was that was the runner up song. Um so you know, it's I would say that they're at least worth putting on a, a, a giant collaborative playlist if someone was creating one. But it's something that I'll I'll check out that first album just to see how I feel about it, to give it like a, a, a complete verdict. But it's something this album I'll never listen to again. I'll probably forget about it actually. Yeah, same. <laughs> Uh, well, they're not Midwest emo, emo, so I don't give a fuck about them. Oh, God. You don't even like Nevermint. Get out of here. Nevermint sucks. Fake emo. <laughs> it fucking sucks. Uh, but that's, that's actually gonna have us lose fans. Yeah, that will actually make people mad. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll be back after a quick ad break. Uh, yeah. Hey, what's up everyone? It's Jake and I just want to do a quick ad here for our first shirt we put out. It's pretty fucking cool in my opinion. It's Skeletor doing the crab core pose while on a floating piece of Castle Grayskull 
or Snake Mountain or some shit. I can't remember which one it was. And it looks fucking badass, dude. Uh, I made t-shirts pretty cheap on Teespring. It's $15 plus shipping for a t-shirt and then $25 plus shipping for a hoodie. Uh, I'm hoping that some of you might enjoy that and might pick one up. Thanks for listening as always and thank you if you choose to buy a shirt or hoodie. Alright, we're back, and now we're going to talk about the 20-year-old album, Old as This album is good. Yeah, well, let me say what album is first, Casey. Didn't know it was good. Uh, It is Relationship of Command by At The Drive-In. If you don't know who At The Drive-In is, they were Mars Volta's band before they were Mars Volta, kind of. And uh, it's post-hardcore, classic post-hardcore, so none of that, none of that scene vocal emo bullshit. Just harsh vocals the whole time, baby. Um, and it's apparently been very influential to the scene. Uh, it has a horse on the cover. Nice. <laughs> I always thought the cover was, I, I always confuse the cover with the Incubus cover, you know? That one album they have by Incubus. No, it's no, yellow. Like Incubus because I, I taste. Yeah, it's yellow I cover. I don't think I've ever listened to Incubus. You're not missing anything. Yeah, they're, I think like, diet, it before. they're like Diet Weezer, but somehow better than Weezer. <laughs> Fucking stop calling things diet <laughs> versions of other things. All right, fine. Bargain bin Weezer. I'm just, better than <laughs> even better talk about the fucking album casey oh my god the relationship of command is a fantastic album i understand why this album is so influential after giving it like you know seven listens over the past (laughs) two weeks and let me tell you right now this album has nothing but good bridges nothing but (laughs) nothing but good textures used by omar and whoever the other guitarist is, because uh, I, I... They're not Omar, so who cares, bro? <laughs> no. I, I, I'm sure they went on to do something pretty good, too, but I I was too lazy. I only know those. If it's not Omar... The most popular. If it's not Omar Rodriguez Lopez, I don't give a fuck, bro. <laughs> Hello? Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, this band is really good at building <laughs> stuff up. You know, like, they can build up to a big chorus and have it be, like, released in a way that I feel like a lot of bands that took influence from them didn't really, weren't able to do. Like, it's hard to explain, but the songwriting on this album is phenomenal. And, like, it's it's good. I There are only so many ways I can say it's good. This is an album I've already revisited like six times. <laughs> and I'm probably going to continue revisiting it because yeah. it's good as fuck. Yeah. I, I, how many times do I have to say good? Great, fantastic, phenomenal. You know, all, all are synonyms to the word good and great. Nine out of ten. Uh, yeah, I tried to listen to this album a long time ago. Uh, because I was obsessed with Mars Volta, and I was like, I gotta fucking listen to everything Mars Volta Man has been in. And the first time I listened to it, I was like, I don't fucking get it. This doesn't sound like Mars Volta. Cedric sounds weird. Why doesn't he sound like he does on Mars Volta? Uh, I don't like this. But now, listening to it, and having kind of a knowledge of 
post-hardcore's history and what it used to sound like, maybe, uh, I get it. And I'm kind of kicking myself because this album fucking slaps in every... It, it's fucking slapping me around the room. Fucking, I'm bouncing off the corridor halls. I'm fucking out the window because this album slaps so fucking hard. Um, I like every song on this album, which is unlike me. Very few albums have had that. Uh, even the one I like the least, I like a whole hell of a lot. So, um, this is a good fucking album. <laughs> I don't, Cedric, I... Cedric's lyrics are incredible as always. I love the way he, when I was talking about movements, how I like metaphors, he is the fucking king of metaphors, especially weird ass metaphors. Um, yeah, tons of good songs, tons of different things he's talking about. Uh, the instrumentals are crazy. The the bridges, like Casey said, are fucking crazy. The choruses that should not work as choruses work so well. Um, yeah, this album is incredible. Uh, Cody, you can you can go. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, uh, I have a, a slight confession to make. Um, I had never listened to them before until recently. Until this album, actually. I mean, is that as bad? I, see, I can get away with that because I'm bad. I just started listening to Post Hardcore this year. Get fucked, kiddo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I had never listened to them. I, got, I was always like slightly aware of them because of the music I listened to when I was younger. I actually probably would not have liked these guys when I was younger. I don't think about it. But, um... Yeah, I never, I never listened to them until just uh, two days ago. So, um, yeah, this album's great. It's a, it's a nine out of ten for me as well. It's, it's really good. Um, I like how it was. It came out twenty years ago. Yeah. But it still sounds good. Yeah. Like that production is fantastic, and I don't know what kind of production it is, but it has that old school feeling to it, but it still has clarity. I just I, I love that shit. Like I, I kind of already talked about them earlier today, but like Coheed's first couple albums have a similar production style to this. This is where, way you better know, than Coheed's production oh, I, on those first couple albums. I agree, but it's kind of like the the feel I get from it. You know, it's it's definitely you could tell it's old. You could tell it's you know you had to use all sorts of different kind of equipment because the equipment that's around today wasn't around back then. Yeah. You know, you can you can tell that you know they did what they did with what they had. And um, but it still holds up and it still sounds great and it just has that old schoolish vibe to it, um, which I, I really like. You know, like it sounds it sounds great. I I'm gonna disagree with you here. I think if okay. someone told me a hey, this album came out last month and I had no idea what it was, I would not notice. I think the production is so fucking clean. Like, really, it doesn't feel old at all to me. Like this feels ultra professional like they must have had the best resources at the time because this this feels timeless almost like it could have been from any period really i i don't get an old vibe from it at all it's funny if you hadn't told me the year this came out like if i didn't know this came out in 2000 and we talked about this i would have been like this sounds like it's early 2000s 
or like maybe late 90s yeah no i'm with cody or like this album does sound like it sounds old and that's not a bad thing no yeah not at all it's just the way that they use the production the way like honestly the guitar tone to me is the thing that gives it away the most that just screams early 2000s yeah especially in like post-hardcore after listening to a lot of older post-hardcore which we should probably do another older post-hardcore album i'm gonna suggest it later <clears throat> chiodos okay hey yeah like chiodos um yeah but it's it, like i was kind of going back and listening to a lot of albums that i used to listen to when i was younger that are around the early 2000s like as i lay dying's first album Kohe's first album, uh, Kill Switch Engage's first album, and I was like, a lot of these bands have like similar production styles to this, but I could tell that they're not as they didn't age as well. That's not true. They did age pretty well. But there's a certain type of production value that's around that late '90s to early 2000s that, like, this album's a perfect example of it. That just gives off this certain vibe and still sounds good today. Like, I actually re- revisited Kill Switch's, Kill Switch's first album. Before we started the podcast, and I was like, "Shit, this still sounds good." I think it's uh, alive or just breathing, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just there's something about these early two thousand bands that they they have this old school vibe to them that just still hold up and sound amazing. And it's hard to find it's hard to find music that recreates that today. Like everything sounds like super clean, super well processed. Like uh, Periphery, for example, like this shit is so bright and so clean. That you know, in twenty years' time, that I when I look back on those albums, I'm not going to get the same feeling that I have with this album. Yeah. So you're saying there's an element of rawness. That's that's the best way to put it. Yeah, there's just a raw feeling to it that cannot be recreated. Yeah. Or it can be very very difficult to do. I feel like it's not difficult to do. I just feel like most of the production choices being chosen are doing that because it sells better at the current time. You know, uh, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Like, I'm looking at it from the year 2020, but not thinking about it in 2000. Yeah, yeah, like in like in the year 2020, like cleaner production, like hell, someone's on my phone. Uh, like fucking, I don't know. Like older albums from like the 2010s have clean production because that's that's what sells more. I feel like I feel like that's a big portion of why like so many albums sound the way they do. Which this would be again, a good topic to explore. It's yeah, it could be, but I'm not too well educated on production. This is just what I feel like it is, yeah. and I'm pretty sure I'm wrong because uh, I'm I'm a music I'm an instrumental guy. I don't understand anything about engineering music, so uh, I just sound like an idiot to people who actually know what they're talking about. I'm I'm sure, we all them. sound like idiots all the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. It aged really well. It's like wine. Yeah. Uh, the energy on this album is unmatched. Like, I don't know if that has to do anything with production or that's just the energy I, the band I feel had. Like it does. Yeah. I really feel like energy and production go hand in hand together. Yeah. Listen to, like, if this album was clean as fuck, I guarantee you it would not have half the energy like we would normally. I would yeah. die on that hill. Uh, I like when. Do you feel like the instruments are punchy? I like when instruments are punchy. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I kind of get what you mean. I don't know if they're punchy. I feel like they cut through the mix, though, you know? Yeah. Like, 
it, it's less punchy for me. It's more like cutting. And I feel like that's, I feel like a lot of instrumentals these days kind of aren't as, you know, like they're not as sharp, yeah. like in tone. They're more, like you said, punchy. Like, I don't know, listen to, let's use Periphery for an example. Most of their shit doesn't like cut through the mix. Most of it is like a bludgeon force trauma to your fucking head. Yeah, it's like Blood Eagle. That's That's a very punchy song. And, like, that's not bad. Like, you know, well, that's a production choice, and it works for them. But I I prefer this. You know, I prefer the way this sounds. I love how raw it is at times. But it still has enough clarity that it's, you know, you can tell what's going on. It's not, like, four-track cassette black metal where you just go, like, mm, I think that might be drums. Could yeah. be hard. Not 200% sure. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Like a lot of like black metal, noise metal, it's kind of like it's there's so much chaos happening that it doesn't get captured very well. But the chaos on this album gets captured super well, and it's like each has their part that is so clear, like has clarity to it. You know, um, kind of talking about punchy. You know, the, the instruments didn't feel very punchy, but the vocals do. Like yeah. I feel like there are times yeah. where I'm like, fuck, I can spill, I can feel the spit on my face from the vocalist <laughs> right now. Yeah, like anything's punchy except the vocals. Uh, Cedric's range is insane. <laughs> yes, uh, from from these types of vocals to the Mars Volta, I've read that the way he sings on Mars Volta is called head singing, which I I don't know anything about that, but uh, he sounds completely different to me. Um, I can hear his voice more clearly on the album on this. Uh, at the drive-in album now uh i can hear like his mars volta voice but he sounds like a different person almost it's kind of insane by head voice do you mean like falsetto or he sings really high (laughs) it could be falsetto i guess i don't know there is a difference between chest voice and head voice it's just like where i don't know how to describe it where's a vocal teacher david (laughs) yeah uh, we need a guest appearance right now. <laughs> uh, we should get into these songs, because that's what I really want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Casey, you and I chose one arm Scissor as... Let me... I want to just say something real quick. Okay. It was so hard for me to choose a top three, because, yeah. <laughs> like, five of the... I do... I color code my uh, <laughs> my songs that are my favorites. I want you to screenshot and send me a screenshot of what you're what your notes look like i'm fascinated <laughs> i i'll fucking copy paste it you know what i'll i'll send you i'll share the uh, google docs link before i before i delete it and do it for the next like week's podcast okay but like my color rankings go from like purple is my favorite red second blue's third orange fourth fifth is like some blood orange bullshit it, it looks brown okay uh, like four of these songs were covered in purple for me for a while until I finally decided mm, three of these will be purple instead. And yeah, that, that's where I'm at. <laughs> three of these songs are for, I, tied for first place for me. <laughs> I want to know where you got your color rankings. They're my favorite colors in order. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that is, that's really fucking funny. What'd you expect? I don't... <laughs> you know, like, a, a lot of color charts are based off, you know, typical RPG 
Blue is common. Purple's epic. Orange, legendary. Uh, that's kind of what like, I was expecting. Blue oh, no, is good. Yellow was bad. Blue is good. Yellow was bad. What? I don't really like the color yellow that much. Okay. I, I just went with my favorite colors. Uh, my girlfriend doesn't Freaks. like the color orange. She, like, hates it violently. Is that not weird? Is it not weird to hate a color? I'm not going to get into that one. <laughs> okay. Anyways, one arm scissor, dude. I think it's weird. One arm scissor. This is the most popular song on Spotify and YouTube by them, and for a very good reason, in my opinion. Yeah. I love that, like, intro chorus chord progression so much that I actually learned how to play it. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, yeah. It's super simple, but, like, it's so... I love that so much. It's awesome. Is it the one where it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's all of that. Like, I love that, I, too, yeah. mm, it just came on. I love that chord progression. Yeah. Seriously, I can't talk enough about how much I love it. Like, yeah, It's very simple, but it's like... I don't, I don't want to call it catchy, but it's... I don't know. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. This whole song, songwriting-wise, riff-wise, I, I love it. Like, I don't know, that... The lead that Omar is doing kind of have a almost post-punk, but like not at the same time kind of vibe, and you can kind of see like that proto Will Swan type bullshit showing up on this mm -hmm. song. <laughs> and I think I don't know. I love this song a lot, and Cedric's fucking yells for Sin transmission to the Worm Scissor. Mm. Whole song's just good, very good. Bridge is immaculate bruh. going back into the chorus bruh that fucking bridge bruh that it's second so good, right? fucking verse though before yeah. oh my god yeah like this song is just it, it's how many I need more synonyms for the word good dude. it's I'm a chef's kiss it's a chef's kiss for show synonyms alright oh my fucking god <laughs> um it's very... Vir That's an adjective. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. This, this is very virtuous. Virtuous? Yeah, I mean, that's what... I don't know. It also says ethical. Okay, none of these are... <laughs> uh, let <laughs> I, me... I had to... Sorry, funny story. We were... I can't remember which band it was, but I was, like, looking up synonyms of whiny, because I was like, these vocals sound whiny, but I was like, I don't want to say that. Let's find <laughs> something that sounds better. It was like sullen. I was like, sullen's a good word. Let's use sullen. These vocals are sullen. Not whiny little bitch. How are they sullen and or whiny? I, I don't know. Well, not, not not this band. Not this band. Oh. This band. It was one of the ones we did previous. No, oh. not, not these guys. Okay. It was one of the ones we did earlier. Yeah, one of the other ones. But yeah, this... It's in, it's fantastic, dude. Like, this, the second I heard that intro, like, kind of... That, that yeah. like, captured me in a way of, like... A lot of songs just don't, and I can't explain why. It's addictive. Yeah. I'm probably going to steal that for a song we write in Poltergeist. <laughs> you say that every fucking show. You're a fucking <laughs> plagiarist. Said beforehand, so it's okay. No. What musician doesn't plagiarize? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the answer is none of them. The chorus we is, all take inspiration. The chorus is very good. 
That's what gets stuck in my head the most, is the cutaway, cutaway, send transmission from the one-arm scissor. Whatever the fuck that means. Um, <laughs> it's just, like, really catchy. Yeah. And that's what gets stuck in my head the most. But then when I listen, that second verse and the bridge come in, and I'm like, oh, fuck, this is why I really love this song, is those two parts. Are you talking about the Unknown Origin Solar Eclipse part? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I'd, I'd wrote that down too. Yeah, I love that part, man. Like that's that makes the song for me. Like all the songs good, but specifically that part. It, it's like fucking me up. I'm like in Deep Space Nine. Like, oh fuck, where where, <laughs> where are you taking me? <laughs> um. Yeah, but he, they they go to the like the last bit where they're just singing "Unknown" with the 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 back screams. It sounds yeah. great. It's really good. Really, really good. Um, Casey, you had Invalid Litter Department as uh, one of your faves. You're damn right I did. This song's also in purple. I I also like that song a lot. I, okay, there's one thing that really shocked me about this album. I normally bitch about how I hate long songs. Yeah. I love all the long songs on this album. They don't feel long. That, yeah, that's the thing. They don't feel long. They're varied enough that I've that they're not long. They don't go on for you know, you know a super long time. They manage to capture me, and I feel like that is something a lot of bands who try to write long songs cannot do at all. Yeah, but this band does, and like, there's a lot of depth to this song with like how the piano is used on the song adds a surprising amount of depth to the song that I feel like would be missing otherwise. Yeah. And like the chord progression used from the guitar, like with the piano, I feel like also adds in a different layer to it. And then, you know, Omar starts his kind of spoken. Yeah. No, wait, not Omar. Uh, Cedric starts his kind of a spoken word. Yeah. Yeah. his kind of spoken word type shit. And then it goes into like the, dancing onto the corpses whatever the fuck he says i don't know <laughs> yeah i th- i think that's really cool and like whenever it goes to the chorus it the chorus is super simple right but mm-hmm. it adds a really interesting juxtaposition compared to the verse and it has like this kind of minor chromatic type shit going on that has and it's i don't know like it sounds cool as fuck. And then the post-chorus has this almost melancholy feel going back into the verse. And I don't know. Like, this whole song is just insanely well-crafted. Yeah, it's, um... The chorus is super... This is gonna sound weird. The chorus sounds super sarcastic. You kind of um, get what I mean? Kind of. Like, compared to, like, the compared to the verse which has this very somber feel to it the chorus ha- feels almost like it's got like kind of that like late 90s snotty fucking sarcasm that a lot of bands from that era did and i feel like that's a really interesting kind of like juxtaposition to you know go into i i actually did not interpret it like that at all i'm not sure if i even do after you say that but Someone might. It, I don't know. It's just something I kind of like. It just how it hit me because it's yeah. just such a difference in like tone almost, but it works. 
And let's not even talk about the bridge here because that is <laughs> the bridge reintroducing the piano. Yeah, was such an incredible idea, and like it, the bridge is. I can only say the bridge is fantastic like twelve times for one song, so it's really good. <laughs> it, there, it's just done well in a way that doesn't take away my attention. It makes me actually, you know want to listen more which i feel like with a lot of bridges sometimes bands don't manage that very well but with this it does i'm talking a really long time about this song you're good dude oh and can we talk about that outro real quick yeah (laughs) that fucking heavy ass out it's not really heavy it gives off the illusion of heavy just because they were playing light this entire time but like that heavy riff, yeah. like at the end with a uh, Cedric's like endless map made of scalpels, yeah. scalpels, so yeah, fucking good. And like that, that last scream where he sounds like a tortured cow is insane. <laughs> tortured cow. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's incredible. That outro is. Mm. Like that, and that wacky proto Will Swan lead line going over it too. I don't know. It's this whole song's really good. Yeah, this whole album's really good. Shut the fuck up and listen to this album. Yeah, really. It's got quite a deep meaning as well. About that's uh, what I. That was the first thing I wrote actually, because I listened to it through the entire way first, and then listened to it again. Yeah. And my first note was, "What a sad song, dude." Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it kind of. After, because I listened to this after I listened to Movements, I was like, "Damn, this is kind of what I was wanting more from Movements." <laughs> yeah, this is this is that song. Um, yeah, well, there's kind of like a difference between talking about your own inner pain and the pain of others. Right. Yeah. I guess just more like structure wise, like in, instrumentally. You know? Yeah. You know, just so better. <laughs> oh my god! You said it, not me. <laughs> Um, you can go on if you wanted to, Casey or Cody. Oh, I, I, no, I meant to say Cody. (laughs) We get it, Casey. Here we go. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, man, I, I really like this song too. I was struggling with trying to pick, you know, some for my top three, and this is one of them that came up as well. Um, I, I don't know the technical terms here because I don't really know much about like vocals and shit. But I love it when there's vocal play and word play together. And the best example of that that I can say is the part where he's softly singing, dancing on the corpse's ashes. Yeah. It's something that's so morbid, but it's sung so softly. Yeah. That it, you kind of are like, what? What did he just say? Um, and I love it when artists can do something like that, where they can take something that sounds so morbid or just so crazy and then sing it in the opposite direction. Coheed um, can do that. What? Coheed can do that. Oh, Coheed. I think it's me. I was like, I can't sing. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Co- Coheed's a good example. Um, uh, wow, fuck. I, I just the pumped the up the effect. Yeah. Well, there's the Dance Gavin Dance. 
was it strawberry swisher whichever one where it's talian nah. singing about stalking you're talking, talking about. about honey revenge honey revenge yeah that's it where i'm just like hey this song sounds nice and you look at the lyrics and you're like oh my god yeah <laughs> so it's stuff like that um i, I really enjoy when, a, when an artist can do things like that yeah so i really like already highlighted the song for me um i is the piano prevalent throughout the entire song no, it only shows up during like that intro in bridge. Okay, I missed it I in think the it's intro. Super good. Yeah, I it missed is. it in the intro as well. I yeah, only I noticed well. it in my last listen. I completely missed it all together, so when it popped up in the bridge, I was like, oh shit, surprise piano. That's nice. It yeah. was it's a completely different tone from the first four songs that you listen to. It's not something I expected to show up on an album like this. Yeah, that is the thing. This sounds nothing like any other song on the album. It's so exactly. different and weird. Yeah, that's and I even wrote that about the ending. I was like, the song takes a, another twist towards the end. Like a lot of things I didn't expect to happen happened in this song. This is a really good song. Yeah, uh, we should move on to. I think this is another Casey song. Actually, uh, no, actually, it is you, Cody, Mannequin Republic. Mannequin Republic. Those opening guitar riffs are super chunky. I love those. And then that first scream just... Oh, God, that shit's sick, dude. That first <laughs> scream just really caught me off guard because it's like, ah, you know? And I don't know. This is one of the tracks that kind of stood out to me instrumentally. Like, I all do, but this one in particular, I was like, it felt like it focused more so on, you know, the, you know, the instruments. Um... I love how raw and chaotic this song feels. It's yeah. kind of similar to the uh, the opener, the opening track. I yeah. can't say that name. Our Ar- Arsenal. Yeah, you got it. Where it's just it, it's another one that just feels completely raw and insane. Um, there's a soft part in the song that leads back into the main riff of the vocalist screaming again. I don't remember where it's at, but I really like that segment. Um. I think it's like. Sutured all patients the... of this nursing home. Yeah. Oh no, it's uh, labor concentrated in the sheepless chapel. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And yeah, then yeah, he's like, it. they call it a wasteland, they call it a wasteland, baby. Mm-hmm. I love that part. Yeah, it's good. I, this is one of those songs where I was like, damn, this guy's voice has to fucking hurt after <laughs> he does a show. Yeah. I Going all over the place like that, it can't be easy. I don't know about at the drive-in, but the Mars Volta is notoriously hit or miss for their live shows, <laughs> being good or not. I can, I mean, this vocal range he has, and just everything going on, like I can believe it. Like, how do you not blow out your voice in the first three songs? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll say about this one, I consider it probably one of the most straightforward songs on the album. Yeah, I'd it, agree, but. It doesn't yeah. really go that wild. Like obviously the the instrumental is chaotic, but structurally it's pretty simple compared to everything else. That doesn't make it bad. But Absolutely not. Because like, like I, I want to highlight the bass on this because it sounds like do you guys do either of you guys know who the Minutemen are? Uh, no, I'm aware right. of them, but I don't really enjoy them. Uh, this song reminds me a lot of them just because of the bass. Like, the Minutemen's bassist is really fucking good. Hell, that entire band's pretty good. I'm not huge on them, but they're good at their instruments. And this bass reminds me so much of that, and that's a huge compliment, I feel like. It feels like this entire song's like, 
kind of teetering on the edge of collapse, but the base is making it hang on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It and that's and then it goes into the bridge. That bridge on this song is actually one of the best bridges on this album. Yeah, which yeah. Is, really good. It's they can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> <laughs> um sorry. Shit, I had a thought in my brain. It's gone. Whatever. Uh, let's move on to the next song, Infilade. I want to say it might be pronounced. Uh, and that's for you, Casey. Okay, so I love that phone intro. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> I I was not expecting to hear 2000s Iggy Pop on this <laughs> album. But he shows up twice, which is kind of fucking great. And, uh, like, this album, this song is, uh, like, I don't know how to put this. I love the fact that, like, the guitars are doing, like, very textury things because it highlights more of the rhythm section. And I think the rhythm section is going up. Like, this bass line is incredible. But I think the real highlight of this intro is, uh, Cedric's vocals here. I don't know what effect he's using. I think yeah. it might be Phaser. But the vibe with the, but like the vibe this is all giving up is kind of like, I don't know how to put it. It sounds distant, but not. This is a almost proto Mars Volta. He he's used this vocal effect for like entire Mars Volta songs. Yeah. So. And, yeah, and like that going into the, like that kind of pre-chorus with the bongos. I'm pretty sure that's the pre-chorus. But, like, that pre-chorus with the bongos and shit, and then it explodes into that chorus with the hand claps and, like, yeah. the sacrifice our railroad tracks, yeah. freight train coming. That's... This is probably my favorite chorus in the entire album. The bongos because... and the clapping is so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was talking about, was, was the bongos, I guess the reverb vocals, and then... Or some shit, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they are. That's, just only, that's the first thing that came up in my head. I was like, yeah, it sounds reverbed. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then the clapping. I was like, shit, this is a fun song. Like, it's, yeah. it's so weird. It's really fun. This song is very spacey, you know? Like, this, they do atmosphere well on, like, all their songs. But this song, I feel like it, it's especially prevalent how good they are at just creating a, an atmosphere. Because, like, the verses are all very atmospheric, you know, kind of... I keep saying the word spacey, but I really have nothing else in my brain pan to say. But, like, you know, it's very spacey, and then it explodes into, like, that chorus. I feel like that's incredible. And, like, that bridge and breakdown at the end, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, whew. It's like a... This song is incredible. It's kind then of... it goes into bridge, too. It goes into another bridge. <laughs> they have two bridges in one song. Bro... <laughs> how many people do that a lot of people actually i don't know why i'm freaking out about it but it yeah. works super well uh, i just love all the weird instruments thrown in at different times yeah it is, it's a nice touch do either of you guys know what that instrument playing the melody at like bridge two is that's what is i was it? trying to figure out i don't know i don't even notice what you're talking about it sounds like almost like a harmonica but not well i i was thinking my first thought was like bagpipes, but I was like, "That's not right." <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it is. I would but yeah, harmonica is like sort of similar. Yeah, no, I, like this, 
this was one of the uh, songs that I marked purple. So like, it's one of my favorites. Like that chorus is that chorus, the breakdown, the bridge, the everything else about this song is incredible. Uh, have we convinced anybody to listen to this album yet? I, I really sh- hope. So. I surely hope so. Um, I'm really glad I listened to it. Like I yeah. didn't know anything about it going in, and then like the first song, I was like, "All right, cool." And then we just kept going and going, and I was like, "Man, this is actually really good." I, I'm kind of mad I didn't listen to this sooner. Yeah, you got me to listen. To it. Yeah, it's. I think it's incredible. I'm kind uh, of interested in looking yeah. at the album they did in. I think it's 2015 or something. They like got back together way after and did an album. I'm kind of interested to see how how that sounds comparatively. Um, this song, the Enfilade, I think maybe it's called. I I like the theme, like the damsel in distress, a kidnapper putting his victim on train tracks. It's just like a funny image. It's such a classic and iconic type of image as well. And the chorus is so powerful. <laughs> the fucking clapping is goes so well with it for some reason. The bongos. I, this is like one of the f- like really good, but also really funny to me. I don't know. I just like funny instruments. It's a fun song. Like it's one of the ones that doesn't feel as like it's it's as raw and angry. It's just it's a it's a fun track. Yeah. I can definitely see what you mean by this song feels very proto Mars Voltesque because it feels like it takes a lot from like uh, a lot of progressive rock from like the seventies and eighties. Yeah, like it, it feels almost King Crimson esque to me. <laughs> I think it's probably the most progressive track on the on the album. I feel like. Anyways, I'm going to stop talking before I go on for the rest of the show about this song. Before we go on, Non-Zero Possibility is definitely proto-Mars Volta. Uh, at least vocals-wise. Yeah. That that one for sure is like... It could probably fit on a Mars Volta album if, if they snuck it on somehow. Honestly, that song almost made it to my top three too. Same. So like, Same. It's, real, it's really good. Yeah. Um, Cody, you and I both really enjoyed Quarantined. I'll go ahead and talk about this one. Uh, I mostly picked it because I was like, "Holy shit!" They're talking about coronavirus. <laughs> uh, twenty years ago, obviously viruses have existed before but it's just like a funny time to listen to it and it's kind of like ominous <laughs> yeah it's got a very doom and gloom vibe to it which i thought was appropriate yeah but it's also very fucking good yes. like have trigger will travel in the chorus that's such a cool line and he it's so melodic like shackle shackled the grapple and the sentinels found by Nocular's watch cardboard towns like i don't even know what the fuck that means but it sounds so fucking cool when he says it uh let me find my little notes here uh all i said was love the melodic portions funny coronavirus memes go ahead cody go ahead and talk about (laughs) um i like the the descending lead riff i don't it kind of shows up throughout the uh throughout the song i think it's like mostly during the verse um 
I like how it's a slower song that does give like a doom and gloom vibe to it. It's it's vastly different from the other songs that are you know a little bit more fast paced. Even you know Infilade, which was you know definitely unique. Um, this one still feels different. Yeah, and it's because it's just so slow. It's not something I expect. Like, that's something very... I... Go ahead. Hey, my glad dude. It feels like a very psychedelic song to me. Like it has a lot of psychedelic influence like psychedelic rock influences to me like in the guitar tone and the way like the wrists are constructed i don't know it just reminds me of that sure i i think i can agree i don't i can't say i've listened to a ton of psychedelic rock but i can see like the venn diagram (laughs) between this song and the style this is definitely my favorite vocal performance on the album yeah really his vocal just about everywhere else, but this is, I don't know, it's just something about this song that, I don't know, it kind of resonates emotionally, I guess. That's interesting. I I really, I like his vocals all around. Like, I can't. I do too, I yeah. don't know if I could choose a favorite vocal performance by him, just because all of them are so fucking good to me. Um, I don't have much more to say about this one, uh, do you, Cody or Casey? I wrote that bass riff, and I don't remember what part I was talking about. <laughs> the bass either riff is sick as hell. Yeah. I don't remember where it was at. Maybe it's throughout the entire song. Yeah. Uh, once again, chorus fucking catchy. Yeah. Uh, the bass is kind of visible, like, the whole album, right? Like, he is. I, can, I can hear it throughout the entire yeah. album. Some songs, he's a little bit higher in the mix. But, like, it, for the most part, he's hearable like throughout the entire fucking thing and I think that's incredible yeah, that's one of the things I like about this album just as a whole is that you can hear everyone clearly even though it's a jumbled mess at times it's what it sounds like <laughs> yeah um, let's see Cody you have Cosmonaut also another song that almost made my top three yeah I really like that uh I don't know, the, the guitar riffs are nice, and the tempo kind of feels a little bit different from the rest. I don't know, the, the song stood out to me as one of the faster songs, even though it may not be. Mm-hmm. Um, the guitars during the verse are super nice, because uh, the way I've described it is like they're kind of pushing themselves apart in order to make way for the vocalist to you know really shine. Yeah, like you know, they're definitely there, but it's almost, it almost feels like they're just splitting, you know, opening like a door, and then there's the vocalist. If that makes any sense at all? Probably doesn't, but um, I really I like the outro. See what you mean? Do what? I can I can kind of see what you mean by that. Like it it feels like with the way they're going, like on the fretboard and like the pitch, it kind of like one's going lower, one's going higher to kind of like open the middle up for the uh, vocals. I don't know if that's exactly what you mean, but that's kind of what I hear. Sorry, there's a siren. Um, yes, that's actually what I meant. Um, I just I, don't know, I love the the guitar work on this song. The outro is fantastic. Oh, the part where he's like, "Is it heavier than air?" And yeah. It's like towards the end. No, that's the chorus. Is oh, the chorus? you mean the the bridge where he starts? Yeah, yeah the bridge. Sorry, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. He yeah, says yeah. in the chorus though, "Is it heavier than air?" Tell us, is the black box lying? Yes. Which is, I when I read it, I'm like, this will be a boring chorus. But then when he sings it, I'm like, yes. Is the black box fucking lying? Tell me. I need to know. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> the bridge is fucking awesome. Uh, I like when he says, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of like funny vocals. It, we're, we didn't, I don't think it was on any of our favorites, but Rolodex, Roblox, pro- Propaganda, whatever you want to call <laughs> Roblox. it. Roblox. <laughs> yeah, Roblox. Yeah, Roblox Propaganda. I, okay, that's the other song with Iggy Pop in it. And honestly, I'm shocked at how well utilized he was on that track. And also the temperature, temperature, temperature part is sick. Uh, anyways, we're not talking about that song. That was the only thing I wanted to say about it was that that song was one of the funniest vocals. It almost reminded me of a System of a Down song. Just the way the <laughs> vocals were going. But, and I had, a, I had a thought that connected Cosmonaut, but now it's gone. Um, but yeah, that's really all I had to say. So I'm going to mute myself again because the siren is so fucking loud. I don't know if y'all can hear it. Okay. Well, it's my go next. Last song yeah, on our little list. Cosmonaut. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Casey. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, this entire song is cash money as fuck, dude. <laughs> uh, like that, that chorus where it just drops out into just guitar stuff. That's so cool. Like, that's so sick. I wish more bands would do that because it was super well done. It, it, it just, it's a sudden drop off, you know? Like, you don't expect it, but it's so catchy. You just want to hear it again. Yeah. And this song is, I've already said proto Will Swan a lot. Yeah. I feel like Will Swan honestly got a ton of, like, inspiration just from this song, like, in general. Like, so much of this, I go like, yeah, I feel like I've heard a Dance Gavin Dance riff that sounds like this before. Yeah, he he definitely pulled a lot from this in Mars Volta. Uh, yeah, just like, Omar, I, Omar in general, I think he uh, draws a lot of inspiration from. Yeah, and I think it's super cool to, like, hear his, in, like, hear him first and then go back and listen to his inspiration, you know, like that. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because you can see a ton of similarities between them despite the fact that Will Swan is maybe is like tech in a technical sense a better player than Omar well um, I, at least I think he is uh yeah maybe I think Omar is more artistry Omar, inclined Omar has more of avant-garde I yeah I'd say he has more of a He's better at using, you know, like, pedals and effects and stuff, because, like, some of the stuff on this album, it's, like, to me, it's still a guitar, but, like, the way he, like, abuses the effects <laughs> is something I haven't heard too often, especially not in post-hardcore, and I think it's very, I think it's cool as fuck. Uh, yeah. Well, let's move on. This will be my last choice and the last song on the album and the last song we talk about i believe and it is catacombs the closer of the album it is well first of all the main guitar riff part at the beginning is fucking badass and kind of bouncy in a way um cedric sounds actually insane like if i said i don't know if i could choose my favorite but I, it might be this song. Oh, it's actually a bonus from the bonus CD. I don't know what the original ending for the album was supposed to be then. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be non-zero possibility. End on a slow song? That makes sense. Yeah, third and final. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Extracurricular and Catacombs, I guess, were added on. But I fucking really like Catacombs. It is... Yeah. Cedric's going crazy on the vocals. He, the 
hey, did you ever intend to sleep inside my tomb? That kind of second verse is so weird. <laughs> and then the this gravity is a quadriplegic horse and carriage. Once again, something that shouldn't sound as good as it does when it's sang, but it fucking does. It's four minutes long, but it passes like nothing. Like, I, I don't even realize the time is passing when I listen to it. And it's just like a... I just like the cacophony of it all. I like it. It's a good representation of the album for me, is this song. Um, you guys can go ahead, whoever wants to talk first. I, I'll go ahead first. I didn't actually really have a lot to say about Catacombs. For me, it's kind of the... I don't want to use the word weakest, but it's probably the song that I didn't really go back and listen to that much. You motherfucker. Um, I know, I'm sorry. I really, really, really like his screams at 2.40, though. Like, when it's it's kind of like, yeah, a little bit towards the middle of the song. It just sounds so guttural and raw. Like, I really enjoyed that part. And he kind of transitions into, like, softer vocals after that. And I'm like, man, your voice has got to be just destroyed after <laughs> something like that. Um, Yeah, as overall, like, I, I like his vocal performance on this song, but it's not really... One of the tracks that stood out to me the most, I guess. That's really all I had to say about it. All right, I love the build up in the intro riff, like you were, like that bouncy riff. Whenever it builds up into the whole thing, I think yeah. that's really well done. And then the like sudden drop off, phenomenal. Yeah. The thing that really got me about this song is like. I, I like to do a thing where I try to, like, predict where a song is going to go. Yeah. <laughs> it, it It's mostly something I do just to, like, you know, help myself, you know, learn how to song, right? And it doesn't really help. It's just something I think helps. At least I'm pretty sure it doesn't, but whatever. It's something I do a lot. And with this song, it is it was very hard for me to predict where they were going to go because there's random ass key changes there's this random ass like da 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 the little chord thing going <laughs> on which i was not expecting at all but at the same time it works super well it's not something i would have thought of and i think this track is i don't know it's interesting it's it wasn't on my top five but like it was interesting enough that i think like i revisited it and the way it ends is uh Perfectissimo. Yeah. <laughs> That's Italian for you. Uh, perfect. Anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, this this gravity is a quadriplegic horse and carriage. It means a lot to me, and I don't know why. Uh, it doesn't mean anything, really. Uh, yeah, that's the album. That's, that's Relationship of Command. Uh, we all a clearly fantastic relationship. It is, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it, the title is kind of referring to government officials or something like that. There's lots of inferences In case, to politics. I was say I, I meant to say this earlier, but like, there's a couple parts on the album. I, I can't really tell you songs, but I was like, damn, this sounds like Rage Against the Machine. Almost <laughs> with the vocals anyway, not like the guitar style and shit. But uh, the song "Sleepwalk Capsules" like refers to politicians as babies. I'm like, talking about drooling in high chairs. 
the album cover is literally the Trojan horse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like, I I feel like there's something in there about like how government officials pretend to be our friends, but stab us in the back afterwards to take you know money and power. Yeah. Yeah. They're. It's definitely a, not a nothing title. Nothing on this album is for no reason. I think. Like, you could probably argue some Dance Gavin Dance lyrics are nonsensical. They have no meaning. Uh, I think every lyric on this album has a purpose, however strange it might be, according to Cedric. Uh, which I, I What's that? So this is a good album. I'm glad it was suggested. Yeah. Because if, if, if you all hadn't been like, yeah, let's do this one, I probably would never have listened to it. What were we going to listen to instead of this? I have no idea. I can't I remember. remember. Let, me, let me check. Uh, I think been. we were going to do Fall of Troy. Oh, yeah, Manipulator. Manipulator, Manipulator? yeah. Yeah, which I would have enjoyed regardless. But like this, Personally. I just brought this up because it was 20th anniversary like two weeks ago. Yeah, this is a good pick. I think I I probably like this more than Fall of Troy. I would um, not go that far for me, but this is still very good. I like this one more than Manipulator, but not more than Doppelganger, I'd say. I like Manipulator a lot, actually. I like a lot of the songs on the album, but I, I don't know. Doppelganger, maybe it was just the, the time that I listened to it. I don't know. It's It's so hard to dismantle that as my favorite. Well, we'll get around to Fall of Troy in the future. Um, maybe we should start with Doppelganger. (laughs) I don't care which one we start with. I love both. Yeah, I'll sing my praises no matter what fucking Fall of Troy album it is. Yeah. Um, well, that's the episode. Uh, What are we doing next week, Jake? Oh, boy. Next week, (laughs) we are starting the DGD Marathon. It's been a long time coming. I am a huge ha, Dance Gavin Dance friend. What? Long time coming. You know, like fucking one of the songs off of this album. Never mind. Oh, wait, no. They said Freight Train coming. My bad. You're fucking... You're close. <laughs> You're a troglodyte. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, long time coming. I'm a huge DGD fan. Uh, Cody is also quite a big DGD fan. Uh, so it's going to be us nerding out while Casey actually gives real criticism. But it's going to be a fun time. And, um... I'll only do the instrumental albums. <laughs> See, I'll, you know, if you do that, I'll probably enjoy it more. We're not going to do Depending on the album. Not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week will be Whatever I Say is Royal Ocean and DBM... T- or, sorry, DBM... Uh, we're going to review two at a time, alternating weeks. So we're going to do Wazyro and DBM next week, and then uh, fucking something else the week after. I can't remember. I think Fawnlands and some other album. <laughs> uh, time to make you guys listen to Math Grind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be the only one to enjoy that album. <laughs> so by the time the next Dance Gavin Dance album comes out, we can just talk about that, and we'll be all caught up. And yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Kofi, uh, Cody is on Twitch, Swoldzies, Poltergeist, Stream Fortune Teller, Vanta Black comes out in November... 13th. November 13th, Friday the 13th in November, if that's easier for you. 
And yeah, uh, go out and vote. <laughs> Just fucking vote, please. Um, and yeah, anything else, boys? I'm gonna take that as no. You guys, you guys want to like watch the second debates and like live stream it and just say, like, I don't know, Photoshop them as wrestlers, <laughs> give them a belt, because like I don't know the pro like the debate felt like a WWE promo with just as much racism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. <laughs> That's not a no, right?